0: you see the, uh, which is the... I can't remember any of these movie titles today. The The recent film with Brolin where it's, like, set in 50s Hollywood. Yes. Inherent Vice? Maybe. Or, is there, or are there two different ones? I'm gonna look it up now. But there's also one he's in where he's, like, a gangster in the 50s, right? Yeah, that was a Gangster Squad. What about American Gangster? What was that one? <laughs> what was Gangster's Paradise? Uh, I think good? that's Weird Al. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Let's
0: see, Hail Caesar is what I'm thinking of. Oh, okay. No, I didn't see that one. So it's really good. He's in a lot of like '50s films. I feel. Just the he was in the '50s Men in Black, playing. That's correct. Or young Tommy Lee Jones. Yeah, that was a very odd, convincingly an odd thing. Have you guys started recording? Yeah. Yeah, we've been recording this whole time. Damn. We're we're ready to remember all the Josh Brolin movies. <laughs> Uh, Goonies, Thrashin', Andy Moldenhauer's and never seen Goonies, so we can never talk about you, what? it on this I'll podcast. Watch I'll watch it one of these days. <laughs> I, don't, I don't. I don't even understand. I don't. I don't know. We all got. We all have a blind spot somewhere. I've seen every good movie I ever, guys. I don't believe you. <laughs> My name is Bradley Jones. I'm Andrew And I'm Andy Hubert. And this is not a movie review podcast, but a podcast where we try to recall the events of a film that we haven't seen in a very very long time this is what we remember about never-ending story
1: were there two or three bad guys in home alone and who was that forgetful fish in finding nemo join us as we're watching films see what we remember and what memories we kill. let's start the show here we go
0: Not a lot. I remember. <laughs> I remember quite a bit of this movie. I out feel out like. of all the movies we've talked about, I've seen this one the most recently. Okay, within the last five years. Ooh, oh, that's, that's, that's actually, way sooner than me. Actually, I will say I probably have seen this in the last five years. Literally, don't remember. <laughs> Anything from it. <laughs> so it doesn't matter that you saw it in the last five years. Yeah, it it's, was, in my mind, it was kind of forgettable. I'm sure it's been longer than that for me, but I feel I feel pretty confident that I remember most of this movie. I remember seeing the cover of this in video stores and it being very intriguing. With, like, the face of the girl, and then you see the dragon. And it's just It's very yeah, busy. The art of the VHS cover looks similar to, like, Star Wars or something like that. Okay, I don't. I don't like remember. It's a lot that of images, all, kind of fading can... in and out of each other. I okay, mean, yeah, like... yeah. So yeah, very Star Wars poster esque. Yeah. yeah, but it had it's own identity too. It wasn't like a rip off of Star Wars. It's a rip off, oh, so. Brad. No, I wasn't. deal with it. Yeah, like, was it wasn't say... like Army of Darkness, like quality <laughs> rip off. But... The cover of Army of Darkness was yeah. a rip off Star Wars. <clears throat> oh, okay. So uh, our hero Bastion. is the name of the kid. What classic name, <laughs> Bastion? Like, Bastion. is it Sebastian? Probably and it's like apostrophe bastion. Yeah, yeah. Cause okay, because this was what was this when would this movie come out? Nineteen eighty four. Yeah, think it's an oldie. It's a it's a middle eighties. So is this the oldest movie done so far? When was Temple of Doom? Eighty four. The same year. <laughs> same year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we haven't. Right. Let's look up the but month it, of the release. Eighty four was a giant uh, year for movies. If you go back, I mean, okay. Was it like Ghostbusters? Yeah. Beverly Hills oh, Cop man. two. Oh man. Um. A lot of great. Films. I would say Beverly Hills Cop one came out that year. Maybe, maybe one, but whatever it was, it was a giant. Made a lot of money. Yeah. I remember, like, I think Ghostbusters made the most money before. This was on a trivia contest I was in, like, a while ago. Brag about it, why don't you? Yeah, I got got a $20 (laughs) gift card to the gas station of Speedway. That was was the grand prize. (laughs) The grand prize. So we meet Bastion, and I think he's already running from bullies yeah I, I think i wrote that he's like he gets picked on or bullied yeah correctly. he definitely gets he's definitely being yeah, chased by bullies yeah and he tries to like hide in mm-hmm. a dumpster yep but they end up like chasing him down anyway they find him and then they like close the dumpster on him or something wait he's already in the dumpster though they just close the dumpster well i think they like i think they throw him in, they the, throw dumpster, him in the dumpster and then he gets oh. out of the dumpster but they're like hey we put you in the dumpster so they try to do it again he, Oh, and he runs away again, and he finds solace inside of an old bookstore. Yeah. Yep. Really? I wrote down that it was his grandpa's attic. It is. Well, <laughs> it's an attic at the school later. Yeah. Oh, he, okay. The, the most, <laughs> okay. Where, where most of it takes place is in, like, the attic of the school, but he, he where so, he finds the story that never ends is in an old bookstore. Right. Okay. And there's an old man there that tricks him into actually stealing the book. Yes. He's like he's like he, this. The kid sees the book, <clears> and <throat> the shopkeeper's like, it's not a book for kids, or not not for you." <laughs> and then the shopkeeper ends up like taking a phone call. It's like some reverse psychology. shit. It's reverse psychology because Bastion takes the book, and then he gets up to like yell at him, but he yells, smiles like that. Kids gonna learn well, a lesson. Why does he want him to take that book? Like, what's in that book? Because he knows that book can help Bastion. It'll help him teach lessons to stand up for himself. Be a more positive person, which doesn't happen. Wait, if he wants him to be a more positive person, why is he baiting him to steal a book? Like wouldn't that make him a bad person? It is teaching him a yo. We look, look. You gotta it's spend. You gotta spend money to make money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you, you gotta commit the crime to learn not to commit the crime. Bookkeeper doesn't know how to make money because he's giving little kids books. It's not how. It's not the same. Yeah, that's not Yeah, you are all about sustainable business models, Brad. You I... were all upset about the illegal animal testing. of Beethoven. Really, it just doesn't seem feasible. Got to be a better way. It's not financially like why? Why didn't he just convince the boy to? I mean, it well, would be does. good storytelling, but why? Why, <laughs> why do they just say like you need this book? Like, why don't you just use this book? Because look, teenage kids aren't going to listen to old men that tell them to read books. They're going to be like, I don't want to read your yeah. book, old man. I don't want to read the book that my parent, that old so man wants this, me to read. This kid not like reading. The... Oh, he loves reading. That's like yes. He's like a big. He's nerd. a nerd. That's, so that's he like... why he's getting chased by bullies. Yeah. So it would probably be easier just to convince them Like, hey, this is a good book. You should read it. <laughs> <laughs> It's just like a way to like have the shopkeeper be a different so <laughs> a different side of himself I guess. Or he's, he's, he's trying to be coy. I mean, I guess Andy, if that's what you I mean, in Beethoven, they could have also gone to the pet store and just bought Beethoven. <laughs> I don't know.
1: <laughs>
0: I know. Okay, there's got to be a better way to do this. <laughs> no, this way is fine. It's just storytelling to convince him to steal a. Okay, fine. But yeah. This, let's so, so, so the kid gets the book, and I, I think he goes home. I don't know if he goes home or if he goes. His I dad like, definitely plays a part in Oh man, I don't remember any this, of that. I just remember yeah. like getting the book to reading it in the attic. Cuz his dad is like yelling at him for, uh, for oh something. yeah, I think I kind of remember. forget when that, that happens, it's at it the beginning. Spielberg, film. Spielberg, Steven, Steven, <laughs> Steven, Steven, Steven Soderbergh. Soderbergh. I'm pretty sure it's a Wolfgang Peterson film. Okay. It is actually. Yeah, I believe that. Um, I think he had just made Das Boot like right before this, or, two, or two after, years one, before. One of the no. I mean, they're pretty much the same movie. Right. It was. They both was take two... place on a submarine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is like a sequel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he made Das Boot like right before this, and then he made this. Very, it's like a very drastic change making like a a surreal kind of like. Well, I think this uh, kind of, I mean, that's kind of George Miller, right? I mean, he went from Mad Max to like Babe and <laughs> did yeah. like a ton of happy, feet happy feet. And, yeah. You know, yeah. I do think movies. Never Ending Story was more popular in Germany. If I, I could be really? wrong, but I, I feel like that I had I like know, but... more of a following. Okay, could could that. maybe it's even from a German writer translated to English. I don't know. Okay, I'm not sure about the original book. So, his dad is yelling at him. Yeah, for like not taking out the trash or some dumb thing. Wow, this kid is sad. Yeah, he's a sad sack. <laughs> he's getting bullied and then he's getting yelled at by his dad. And then he finds a blank check. Oh, wait, that's a different film. He gets hit by a car. That's also a dragon. Yes, that's right. So, so he. it's like the next day and he's going to school again and the bullies chase him again. Do they? I think so. I, I think he's in school and his teacher like picks on him or something he ends up going into the attic to read the book. I thought he was running from the bullies again and, like, escapes by hiding in the attic. And then he's like, oh, wow, yeah. this attic's all crazy cool. And there's, like, a wicked storm outside or something, and... I think so, he ditches school, and like because school ends, and he's still in the attic. Like, he peeks out through the door. Yeah, yeah right. I remember you're that. Right. Like, he's, yeah, he, he's up like he, in the attic, and he should have left, but he just decided not to. Right, because right, I think he's trying, I still think it's because he's trying to avoid the bullies, though. Maybe. And he hates school because he gets bullied at school. That could be. I thought he was cutting class or something like I mean, that. I mean, I think but. he is cutting class, but. Yeah, so then we finally get him <clears throat> reading the book, and he opened to Fantasia, which is a beautiful yeah mystical fantasy land so he's like now in the place like N- he's no. still reading the, he's book. Still he's reading okay. the book so, this so is the, there's two things happening in the movie it hit the real world and the world in fantasia okay so they're showing this this world in fantasia yeah. as he's reading the yes book. yes sort of princess Brighty. okay very princess bridey um so yeah he's reading the book himself um in the attic of the school And then, yeah, the movie shows us what's occurring in the book that he's reading. Does it open with Rockbiter having a conversation about the nothing already? Or does it open Can with Can you be more specific? A tre- or does it open with the tray you getting the quest? Because I forget which one happens first. I feel like it starts with the the beginning scene with the rock guy and the nothing. Okay, yeah. What are these things? So there's a giant <laughs> rock monster. Where have you been, Andy? Named... Listen, this is where my notes end. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. So a giant rock monster is talking to a guy with a snail about something called the nothing. Yeah. Okay. Taking over Fantasia. Okay, but nothing is basically just destroying. It's destroying their world, their and it's world. yeah. So it's like coming and it's been progressively destroying more and more. So he's like telling them that he just basically left rock people land because it destroyed everything there. Yeah, the rock started to taste. Why like is nothing. this happening? That's the whole. And it's the know. mystery of the film? It's okay. The mystery. Okay, Um, Uh, So they're like, oh, we need to, like, go, and it starts to destroy part of the forest, and they all run away. And then I think we get to Atreyu. Yeah. Who is sort of like the, he's the hero within the book, whereas Mm -hmm. Bastion is the hero outside the book. Yeah, so there's a town meeting with all, like, the high people in Fantasia. There's, like, a guy In the Ivory Tower. In the Ivory Tower, there's a dude with, like, a weird head. He, like, changes faces. There's the, yeah, many faces or whatever. Yeah, all these, these, like, crazy, fantastical people are meeting as, like, the high council of the land. Trying to figure out what to do about the nothing. Yeah. Okay. Do we meet the princess here? Yes, because she's. A, yeah, she's. I don't think we do. Don't me- right I don't right think right we meet her right? till the very end of the film. Oh, I feel like we oh see really? And then. she is the childlike empress. Yeah, yeah. But Wait, she's childlike or she's a child? Both. Both. <laughs> <laughs> what? Well, but she could also be an old lady. And if maybe it's she's just a never child, start? then she's not child. Then is she childlike? Because she's just a child. Well, you're, ju- you're jumping ahead to the whole yeah. plot of the... Listen, though. No. I mean, let's dig into this. But, <laughs> that's that's but... the whole crux of the film is, is that aspect of what's her name. Yeah. So, Oh. So, <laughs> Did I write this? <laughs> so the council's trying to figure out what to do, and they decide we, they need to send someone on a quest. Right. Um, I don't remember what the goal of the quest is. Is, is the it quest to find out about the nothing? It's either to, to meet with the childlike empress or just... Oh, I think it's to do that. I think. I think oh, so they're in this ivory way. tower trying to get to the empress. I, I feel I like think she's so. at the tower. She is not. She's totally at the. Tower. Oh, I can't wait to. We're gonna watch this, and one of us is gonna be right because of oh, that. Yeah, or neither of us is. <laughs> or maybe she maybe she is at the tower, and maybe like she, she comes. And Treyu comes back at the very end to the tower defeated. I guess. Yeah. Oh, whoa, whoa! Spoiler Hey-o. alert. What if? But what if? That's they... what the whole podcast is about. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> so I, I'm, I'm backpedaling. <laughs> I think the Chalag Empress is there. Yeah. And Treyu goes on the quest. Yes. Is he already trying to find the person who knows about the nothing? I, that's what I'm trying to remember where, like, what his quest is supposed to lead to. If it's supposed to lead to like an object or something. But the idea is yeah, they send him on this quest to try and find something that will help them. They also give him the Orin, which is like uh, a thing in the the movie. It's like a medallion, right? Yeah, yeah. A... Um, what does that do? In the sequel, it granted wishes. Oh, I don't we're think... not talking about the. I know. I, I, don't, know I, I genuinely don't think it does. Like, anything I don't think it does. Any. It just looks really cool, and it's, and it's on the cover of, of the book. Is mm-hmm. right. the same medallion, okay. um, and so so yeah. He so he gets sent with him and his horse um artax artax yes artax yep um are on this Who's quest like a pure white horse right i think it's a might be yeah it is i think it is i think it is yeah um and so then there's like a big montage of him riding for right. forever so he rides through like planes and stuff and rides yep. and uh, the the world gets like more darker as it goes on. like there's like swampy areas he gets and, to and the swamp yeah and swamp of sadness yes the idea is that the swamp, like, makes you depressed. Right. In addition to being a swamp, which oh, sucks. Oh, that's really sad. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. This is, like, the saddest thing that it, like ever happens a, in oh a kid's God. film, ever. But I think before that happens, he meets the turtle. Yeah. I don't know if it's after... I think it's before that sad oh. thing happens that he meets Morla the turtle. I, don't th- I think it's after the okay. sad part. Because it's, okay, it's like it's he, gets, he gets saved by the turtle. Okay, so Artax dies in the swamp... <laughs> Because yeah. it is and it's so, so sad. Because sad. it just, uh, okay, the it, sadness encompasses Artax. I don't know it if it's his acting, on. or the writing, or the whole scene, but it's like, yeah, when he's, like, trying, because, like, the idea is that Artax, I guess, starts to sink into the swamp and loses the will to live. Yeah. yeah. That's what the it's swamp It's so does. sad. The, yeah. So the horse just, like, lets itself sink into the mud and drown. Wow, and, and it's long. That's a, it is a long scene of him pleading with his horse to, to please move. keep going and please come on, and like it's his best friend. And it You're getting was, chills it's, right now. Talking it's seriously about it. a depressing and sad scene. Which I mean, it's the swamp of sadness. So I guess it makes sense. <laughs> yeah, but oh I mean, that's my like gosh, a, <sighs> the poor horse. That just, just basically censored. explains like depression, right? Oh, here. It's yeah. so it's it's hard. It ruins. Kids. So then he so he has to go on alone after the horse drowns. But I. I remember there being a scene where like someone's shouting out "Atreyu" that comes. that, that Oh, might that's happen. not that because I I swear to God I always thought that the horse's name was Atreyu because I remember someone shouting that, but I remember the horse died. And um, I know I'm getting them mixed up for sure. Pretty soon, yeah, yeah, I think it does. So he meets up with Morla, which is a giant turtle. That he's like lives he's like trying to get through the mud, and yeah. he's even now he's even getting tired and exhausted, and finally he like kind of collapses. And then the ground he's on rises up, and it turns out it's this turtle that lives in the swamp. Yeah. Okay. Um. And so he talks to the turtle, and the turtle's like, Yeah. Tur- um, and the turtle sneezes a bunch and like, yeah, knocks him off right. a tree. Right. Yeah. It's pretty fun. I, so like, I guess the turtle agrees to help him? Yeah, the turtle, ha- or he's asking the turtle questions. Oh, Ma- that, okay. Yeah. I'm thinking now that the childlike empress sent him to specifically seek out Morla to get advice. Okay. And then Morla tells him about finding the chosen one or something yeah and so this is sort of where you start to get the meta plot where the story in the book references the reader of the book he's his quest is basically to find the person who can save them from the nothing yeah okay um and that would be the main character and that's the kid reading the book yeah that is the kid which we find out kind of near the end and we realize that's who he's been talking about this whole time so the reader has to save the world the reader has to choose to save the world in the book oh like a choose your own adventure so, End of the movie. Yeah, so Morla tells that to him. And Atreyu... <laughs> so A <it> ended? <laughs> Atreyu moves through the swamp more. And then we've, we've seen this earlier, but the Gamork, which is this crazy wolf that's hunting Atreyu yes, that's throughout right. the film. This wolf wants to kill him. And he, it's like running through the swamp at Atreyu. And just almost... Atreyu's about to drown in the swamp and get eaten by the wolf when Falcor comes and saves his life. So this oh, is where that's we, the yes. name of the thing. So this is where, <laughs> where we meet Falcor, who is this creepy, Who's a giant he's lizard dragon dog. He's a dog. He is a luck dragon. He's, like, a, that's he's a dog. He's definitely a dog. He's a dog. But he has, like, scales that always kind of creep me out. As a kid, and then and his uh, yeah, his like puppet eyes like blink really slowly. Are, yeah, the scales are what creeped me out as a kid because yeah, he's got like fur like scales. and scales, sort of. I don't remember that. Yeah, it looks he, like some sort of growth. It's really creepy. Yeah, it does. <laughs> it looks like some sort of he skin did, condition or yeah, something. You're like, like, oh, you oh check boy, that's out by a dermatologist. So Atreus pa- passes out, gets saved by Falcor, and Atreus wakes up on a mountaintop with Falcor, and Falcor mm-hmm. kind of acts... Super kind of weird? Yeah. He, like, asked to try to, like, scratch his big old ears That's and stuff, right. Yeah, and... yeah. He's like, please scratch right behind my ear. And then does some doggy stuff yeah. because he's, like, a half-dog, half-dragon. Yeah. So, he's what a dog would talk like Felcor? and be annoying. <laughs> for, with, <laughs> like, if a dog could talk, it would be Falkor and it'd be annoying as heck. So, why did Falcor come in and save So, Treyu? he is a luck dragon. So, he gives out luck when people need it the most I think. Okay. But I don't know if that's ever explicitly said, but that's if it's how explained. I explained. Yeah, that, that's, that's how I that's my convinced me. That's, is that I the mean, only time that we see Felkor? No. No. Okay. So he keeps he's a recurring character so You'll this. see him a yes. few more times. Um and he's, a, he's an awesome puppet too. So meanwhile, like we've said, the kids reading the book and like the school day's progressing. Like he kinda peeks out of the attic when everyone goes to lunch and he peeks out again later when everyone leaves for the day. And then like a thunderstorm rolls in and he's in there Reading while this thunderstorm's going on, there is like a scene where some shutters blow open and knock some stuff over and like scare him. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's so funny because like I feel like the juxtaposition of action in this film, like you get this awesome fantasy world and every so often it's like, by the way, he's still reading in this attic. But the scary moments or calm moments <laughs> in the movie, the Fantasia world, also kind of reflect in the real world. So if there's like a scary thing happening, the shutters yeah. blow open. I didn't think about that, but you're right. And yeah. it's like, there's a calm moment. I think there's like a part where like a tree is <coughs> eating food and then he says he needs to save some for the long journey and Bashan does the same thing with his apple. And you're right. Flesh. Yeah. He saves so. some food for later. He's going to be, he's going to be up there a while. on the journey together. He's going to binge read it. How long is this book? The book he's given is pretty big. Yeah, it's I a thick like. book. It's a thick book. And I guess he manages to get through it in like a single day. <laughs> wow. Quick reader. Um, okay, so... But it's okay, because it never ends. So we're on a weird mountaintop with an old man looking through a telescope at these two yes. naked lady statues. They're like sphinxes, sort of. Oh, yeah. I remember this. Um, and he yes. is predicting um, how to get through... And we get to so, see a knight try and get between the statues, the sphin- and it's the like sphinxes. the one who it's like only like someone who's a worthy one can get, can through, get the through. Yeah, you have to be like totally pure and like a good guy overall or something. Yeah, there's some sort of gimmick to it. Yeah, of how to get through, how to get past these. Sphinxes. And then the the knight gets like zapped or something. Yes. Right? Yeah. Like, and so they watch a it through laser. the telescope. of like, yeah. I'll, as he's riding through, like their eyes open up. And it's scary. It, it is. It's really tense. <laughs> I think I remember when I was watching this only like five years ago or whatever. I, I was like, yeah, that was a really that's a, dark That's scene. my favorite part of the movie. It's a is really like, cool That's scene. a really exciting part of the film. Um, Yeah, so their eyes open up and they shoot the knight with lasers and you get to see like he falls off like the horse in his arm and then his visor blows open and he's all fried inside. What uh, What's beyond this area? But Treyu gets in like this little basket and gets wheeled over down to where the sphinxes are basically and goes in. And, like, runs through. He just slowly walks through, and he, like, sees all, like, the deaths that the Sphinxes have caused. Yeah. And their eyes start to open, but they end up just talking to him? Yeah, I, I think they just end up telling him something. Yeah, they tell him more about his journey. Um, So he's able to get through, and, they, yeah, they give him information about who he needs to find, but it's, like, still kind of cryptic. And he's getting frustrated because he's trying to figure he's just out, trying to get a straight answer out of yeah. These he's trying to get, he's trying to understand what he needs to do and who he's trying to find. And I think also throughout, like we still see parts of Fantasia still getting destroyed by the nothing. Yep, and yep, Nevermore still chasing him. And... Yes, yeah. But um, does he take care of that in the swamp? That comes up. He comes up again. Okay. Um, so the statues give him some information. I'm forgetting what exactly it is, I but they end remember. up crumbling. Yeah, end up like destroying themselves like mid sentence. Okay. Yes, you're right. They like self destruct, and so then he kind of has to get out of there. Yeah. So Falcor takes them somewhere, and there's a huge <clears throat> storm, and then Falcor gets lost, or he drops a in the storm. Oh, I think yeah. And then a like ends up hanging out with a Rockbiter, I think, and learning yeah, more he about meets, nothing. He meets the rock guy. He meets the guy who rides the snail super fast. Yeah. And they agree to. They also kind of agree to help him, so they go with, and they all start to. I remember like the really cool scene where like they're all kind of racing somewhere. Mm-hmm. I think, and then I think he fights the Grommork either before or after he meets Rockfighter. I'm getting the series of events that happen in this movie. Are getting, I'm a little fuzzy on. Yeah, this but is these things be, happen. We're gonna have, I'm sure, we have corrections, plenty of corrections once oh, yeah. we watch it. Yeah, um, Etriu ends up in somewhere like a rock field, and he meets the Grommork, and the Grommork talks to him, telling him that he. Telling him all about the nothing, like he the Grimork actually gives him like some straight answers about what the heck's going on in this mm-hmm. movie. And uh, the Gramork says that he lost Atreyu. He was, he was trying to kill this person, and he doesn't know. He did, the Gramork doesn't know he's talking to Atreyu. Atreyu is like playing it off as somebody else. Mm-hmm. And Atreyu admits that he is him, and the Gramork attacks him. Yep. There's also some sweet cave paintings of stuff going on in the wolf. Mm. I think you see like a cave painting of the wolf, and then you see the actual wolf like come out of the. Yeah, yes, you're right. And it's pretty sweet. Yep. And then he ends up getting like a shard, a rock, or a glass. And The gum work basically like jumps at him and kills itself. Yeah, he stabs it. He stabs unintentionally, them. almost. He uh, stabs he the evil wolf. Kills the wolf. Um, and I think the wolf was either caused by the nothing or working, for working or working for it, or somehow yeah. it was connected stab- with the nothing in some way. Yeah, clearly a bad guy. Mm-hmm. Um. <laughs> so yeah, they're trying to. So he gets this information about he needs to find the chosen person. Yeah. I'm trying to remember when... Like, is this when it starts... Like, the nothing starts to affect the tower? Or is this where he goes back to the tower? Yeah, I think... (sighs) there's some moments in here I think we've we've hit, but they maybe last longer than I remember. But he ends up going to the tower riding on the snail. And there's like a the snail is super fast for some reason. Yeah. The snail is he, like rides, super on fast. Snail? he rides on yeah, a snail. Yeah, because there's like a snail but... rider who was like from the beginning of the film. Yeah, but how big is a snail? I was thinking it's like... Big. No, it's like it's like a, oh, okay. like a horse sized snail. Oh, and it's like okay. yeah, super fast. And so he, like he's like, Oh my gosh, I gotta get back to the place quick and the guy's like, Take the snail <laughs> <laughs> And he's like, fire. Oh I'm on it and he like takes <laughs> off on the snail. Zoom. Yeah. Um, so everything's awful and crumbling around. Atreyu meets up with the childlike empress. Yep. And tells her that he's failed, but she tells him that he didn't. Yeah. She. Yeah. But he's like, I couldn't find like the hero that we were looking for, and it's like, but you did, and he was with you this whole time. He's been with you yes. since the beginning of your journey, and this, this is, is, and that's the reader. That's, and, and he starts to the so kid ba- starts, ba- ba- starts to realize, yeah. to put it together. Like, he's the one being talked about.
1: hmm
0: And they kind of start describing him and, like, the, the study he's been reading. Yeah, he's been following all these events the whole time and is like, kind of an all-knowing thing. And, finally, this is and, like, as they're discussing It's like this, an allegory for, like, God or something like that? I don't know about Ooh. that so much, but it might be. I'm going to have to re- re-examine this when we actually watch the but... Um, so, yeah, so, and then this is when the nothing's starting to approach the ivory tower. So, things are starting to crumble at the tower itself. Yeah, Fantasia's basically gone at this point, other than this. Yeah, that's like, like all that's left, really. And then they're desperate. Like, they're starting to get really desperate. Like, everything's just falling apart. And the Empress says that, like, like, he just has to give her a name yeah that's all that's the whole plot of the film was to give her a name which you came up with at the beginning of it. Uh, yep wait what to give her a name <laughs> yeah that's all that that's, uh, was needed yeah it's like i don't know i have no recollection of why that's or if they even tell you why that's what will take care of everything if it has to do with his connection to the book or something like that but yeah the idea and so like the final scene is like the Trey being like what, you? like, what do you mean? And she's like, Just give me a name. Mm-hmm. And the kid's like reading this book, like, Give her a name. Because I think he still kind of thinks the Trey is this, the one that's supposed to name. do this. Uh... Um, And so he's starting to panic almost because like, he's reading this book and time's running out. And he's like, Why isn't he giving her a name? And finally, he I think he realizes it. And at the very last second, like, shouts a name and like throws the book out the window or something. A, tra- a t- or yeah. across the room maybe. Yes, uh, and do you know what the name was? Chelsea. He, he <laughs> It was his mother's name, and I'm. I can't. I had to put uh, closed captioning on to hear it. I will have to again, but I think it's Moonchild. I think you're right. I think her mom's name was like a hippie name. I guess. I think. I think you're Moonchild right. Or Moonchild or Starchild sounds right to me. Something like that. Yeah. I to put the closed captioning on, but Wait, you can barely so... hear it. And then he does throw the book, and then the cut to. The childlike empress in Bastion just having a conversation. Yeah. Like, suddenly there is the same place. She's the childlike empress, and he gives her a name, Moonchild. It's her. It was her mom's name. She already has child in <and> her name. <laughs> that was just a descriptor. Yeah. She was just the child empress. Yeah. Starchild or Moonchild or okay. It's some weird weird name. And yeah. So then Bastion talks directly with. The child like ch- Childlike Empress. and, like and I- is he in Fantasia or whatever it is, or they're, they're in like kind of a limbo? Where yeah, they're kind of in a nowhere. Yeah, like, they're in a purgatory. And she kind of I feel so. like, like she's like, on like a she's they're on like a high platform or something like that. I'm pretty it sure. It could be, it's and I feel like him background. being like, "What happened?" She's like, "There's basically like she's like there's you nothing." Good he things. He's like, "You saved us, but there's nothing." She right kisses now. him though, right? I mean, are you just hoping. <laughs> I, mean, I don't think that like kid got through the whole book. I hope he got a smooch out of it. I don't think there's a blank check situation. No. So well, this one's better because they're, be like, they're like the same age. Yeah, unless the childlike empress is really old. <laughs> I don't think she is. Plank Check has ruined every movie we watch. It's I mean, she, she could look everything. Maybe she's childlike because she's like a thousand years old, but she still looks like a child. That's, so that's probably true. She's the that childlike empress. That would make sense. So Bastion saves the day, and then Falcor comes out of the book. It like, cuts to ba- Bastion riding Falcor in the real world. Yes. And he's chasing the bullies with the dragon. What? But there's also a shot of... There's also shots showing that, like, now Fantasia's back to normal. Like, there's a shot yeah, of a Atreyu riding... A sh- Artax is back. Artax. Through, like, the same fields as before. And I think that's where the kid flies over and he's like, Yeah, Trey," And Trey's like, hey, what up? I got a horse now. I don't need to ride the dog. And... <laughs> Are like, we sure it's the same horse? I, I, we hope so. I, I don't know. I would assume so. Because it seems like, basically, he rebooted the world. Uh, is what it seems like. Brought yeah. it back to... The Big, point one. The Big Bang. Yeah. Occurred again. Um... And, so what is this movie about it's about an old man risking an entire world trying to get a kid to read a book. i feel like anytime someone reads this book is when the nothing happens and that this world just keeps getting destroyed yeah. over and over again Every i think time this it, guy i do think it's a big book. bang scenario where like the history just keeps repeating like the same stuff keeps okay. occurring over and over again i like what so i like your thought andy about the man in the library like, does he have a connection to the story? Did he also go through... I think it's implied that, like, he never did the same story? thing. Cause, uh, and that he knows, like, what's up. Like, he clearly read the book, I don't know if as a kid or not, but he definitely knows... The secret of the book. The secret of the book. And so, like he kind of has this, like this knowing thing because I think the kid brings the book back to him or something. I don't think I don't think he don't does. think, so? I think it just ends with Falcor. But you're right, yeah. Stuff. He's so he's fine Falcor in the Fantasia, and then all of a sudden it just cuts to him riding it through New York, and yeah, <laughs> and he, like because this is where like the oh, because he rides place. he, and then the like the last shot is like he rides it towards the, the camera, bu- I believe. Yeah, yeah, well, after chasing the bullies with the dog, so these bullies. Who have up until this point know nothing else oh, are suddenly confronted with a flying dog creature <laughs> that this kid is flying. So his dad's kind of a bully too. Does like how does that resolve? That I don't doesn't think anything resolve. That doesn't his resolve. His dad still hates him. Yes, in the second movie, the dad ends up rooting for him, and he's a good guy. I don't remember anything film. about number two at all. I definitely saw it, but yeah. I don't remember anything about it. Number three, Jack Blackson. That's true. Oh my! <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't see that one. I don't remember those in uh, at all. Just this one. And now that we've gone through it, I realize I remember a lot less than I thought I did. <laughs> I know. I remember <laughs> I'm at the beginning little. of this podcast like, I'm pretty sure I know the whole film. And now I'm like, oh my but gosh, like this the... order of events is going to be all over the place. The content of the film, I think, just gets dragged out a lot. I think each of the scenes we talked about are like 20 minutes long. In the movie. I, think, I don't this... think we really missed anything. The ending does get a little fuzzy. Yes. Yeah, And I think this movie's really short, too. I don't know. I think I, I remember the being runtime like 90 is, but some minutes. That wouldn't surprise me. It's like right to I the believe point. It. Like I said, the biggest scene that just sticks out to me is when the friggin' horse dies. That's like the saddest thing i would ever seen in my life. It's the saddest thing anyone's ever oh seen in a gosh. time. Oh gosh. There will never be anything sad. So, out. be prepared for that, Andy. You're, this is gonna be a treasure for you because you don't remember much. You don't I'm remember excited. the giant rock biter monster. I know, I don't. <laughs> he, eats, he eats rocks. He's okay, okay, so a rock think, guy that eats other rocks. Is, I think this is because I never really watched it. I don't think I remember watching this <laughs> I thought you were gonna kid. say something like I never really had a childhood. <laughs> oh. <laughs> true no but. i never watched this movie as a kid and i'm okay. pretty sure you only saw it when you were older yeah and i i think i was kind of checked out of the whole idea because i remember <laughs> like all the puppetry and everything i was like oh this looks kind of lame at the time that i saw it yeah but i'm excited might... to watch it again and see what's so going on because there's definitely value. there's definitely like an like a subtext here that we're not really hitting upon yeah. What's the purpose of the story? I, I'm sure, like, as with, as with almost every movie we've done so far, I've picked up on a lot of themes that I didn't get as a kid that I really am curious to go back and re-examine this film and see if there's stuff that I, like, subtext I didn't get. Um, I hope there is, because I do feel like otherwise it doesn't make much sense. But right. <laughs> It's just, um, you know, the, the Odyssey, you know? Just some yeah, of the it's journey a, the journey to... Uh, the journey of the hero to save everyone. Yeah. So, Which, yeah, when you're a kid, works. That's like all these movies where there are more adult themes. It's like they don't need to be there for kids to enjoy this film. Um, but it, it, I'm very curious to see everything, and if it's different than what we remember. <laughs> all right, for uh, so join us for part two. We're going to watch the film and see what we got right and see what we got wrong. All right. We don't have ads on this episode, but if we did, they'd go here. But we don't, so enjoy the show.
1: very ill? Not that it matters, but yes, actually, we don't care. If I don't save her, she'll die. There's a terrible nothing sweeping over the land. Don't you care about that? We don't even care whether or not we care. Turn around. <laughs> Every episode's gotta start with inside. Inside. Well,
0: this is a part two, so we usually don't even have a start for a part two. <laughs> That's true. Yep. Turn around. <laughs> Everyone just <laughs> keeps singing that line. Look at what you see. Yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah. yeah. Singing like Jack <sighs> Black. Brad's drunk on um, NeverEnding Story. All right, welcome to part two of NeverEnding Story. We sat down and we watched the film. Um... Yeah, it was, uh, it was a short, quick one. An hour and a half. That's not bad. It an hour and a half. Yeah. It did not feel bad. Yeah, that well. Actually, like, that's not true. It felt pretty long to me, but that's because I was not enjoying myself. I'm going to agree with you. There are, <laughs> there are many parts where I was just like, oh, Oh, boy. I will disagree, but also agree. There's about <laughs> okay. 30 minutes of anything that happened in this film. In, in about an hour of crossfades, yeah, or, or him okay. running, yes. or things that don't... Of content. It's like 30 minutes of content in this film. <laughs> right. There's <Yeah. laughs> there's some good, really good moments. Yeah. But I think overall it's not a strong movie. Definitely some good moments. I think, uh, I was actually surprised at, there's sort of almost a contrast between sometimes they have really good effects and yep. sometimes they have really bad effects. Yes. And... <clears throat> I don't know. What like, would you say was the worst effect and what was the best the effect? The freaking wolf to you? creature was the worst. You didn't like that? I thought the he, the actual wolf yes. or okay. No, I, I like no. his just face talking, but I his, his not. body I was. I didn't not like great. it. I thought Falcor was impressive as a set piece. I uh, so that's I your don't best know. Horse? Falcor like really creeped me out of space. Oh, he his his totally tongue. creeps me out. <laughs> yes. His, his, his tongue totally creeps that was moving sometimes was a I was a just impressed that they built like this giant forty foot long, fully motor controlled thing. Like that was just impressive. But like some of like I thought the best effect, which was really subtle, was when he goes and meets, like, the eccentric uh, scientist guy and the the wife, Mm -hmm. and, like, they're, like, tiny, and, like, I I never noticed any kind of trickery or anything like that. They just was genuinely, like, a tiny person and made him look, Atreyu, look huge. Yeah, was that that old guy? Was that John Lennon? Did he not die? <laughs> <laughs> well, they, they do a little bit too because Rockbiter is also giant, and they also yeah. do like the—they're uh, mm-hmm. really good at telling you how big or small something is. Yeah, like uh, it was—I was, thought they did that very well. The, the moment where Rockbiter was like talking about his hands. and Yeah, everything, that was oh, weird. That kinda, yeah. that, it kind of got to me. Yeah, it's a good monologue. Yeah, I kind of want to learn that monologue and go on an audition and, and do the <laughs> yeah, strong yeah. hands monologue from Neverending Story. <laughs> I couldn't see. Um, that's like the bat, which we forgot was even existing. Yes. Okay. So that, that was actually really one cool of my thing. early notes. Yeah. Was... So let's like, go right into the corrections and <clears throat> yeah. the things we got wrong, and then we'll get back to the stuff. We, uh, we didn't. About. None of us mentioned that apparently this kid's mom recently died or was I, gone. I thought. I thought we had mentioned yeah, it. Yeah. I but, thought like, maybe. Did but we? I thought maybe. I we might I have not directly it. mentioned it, but that's how the story starts. But I definitely like this. This kid's dad was like, he's like, look, your mom's dad, Get over it. Yeah. Like also, his dad is the major dad dad. He's the dad oh. from the TV show Major Dad. I had to look this dad that. up. <laughs> he's in a lot of stuff. Dadsearch.com. <laughs> Save to Andy's browser. Like- no, this guy's like dad? a huge actor. He's oh, been he's in like, okay. in the past um, 10 years, he's been in five like very successful TV shows. Like Longmire, he plays um, oh, he Raymond in Tuff in House of Cards. He's in a bunch of other shows. Yeah. Um so this this guy has gotten a lot did, of work. Did anyone notice the the drink he made himself for breakfast? An egg shot. O- orange juice? <laughs> it's orange juice and eggs. Mm. Like that's all it was. Yeah. He, he's a man's man. I was, he just I was, drinks the essentials. I watching him make it and I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah, yeah I wrote like, down, Dad drank eggs for breakfast. I wrote, What the fuck did the dad just make? Orange juice and eggs? Like <laughs> and that's, I, as far as I be can be could tell for I mean, his cholesterol. What else do you need in the morning? You just need I mean, like, what is he is he sugar? Rocky? Like is protein. he going to go box some meat? Or something. I don't know. If you're wondering what that dad, I think, does. I think like drinking an egg was kind of a thing. It was. Well, oh, yeah. yeah, and it was like it was like a gotta get in shape. Like drink a raw egg is like good for you. Yeah, what? but he was going to work. He wasn't going no, to work was just, out. Like, clearly, his every day, like, nope, that's my breakfast: <laughs> 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 breakfast orange juice and an egg. How many eggs do you think he had to drink in that in a in take? You juice, oh man, do, do seven different takes? <laughs> Need <you laughs> <and you laughs> to drink seven different eggs. I don't know. <laughs> <You> that's <definitely laughs> like I keep filling that juice glass. Yeah. I bet he I bet he did it a couple times. Yeah. before he threw up. Oof. Man, that would have been that would have been rough. So we he skips class altogether. Um, yes, we did, we did get the right about, like, in the beginning, yeah. chased by bullies into a dumpster. Yeah, but he never went to I really didn't work. like that he got chased into the dumpster twice. It I thought that very, was really funny, <laughs> he actually. He didn't like that. Not again, he says. <laughs> he says, not funny. again. I couldn't believe, yeah, he gets out of the dumpster, comes out, and they're just standing there like, what are you doing? Let's dumpster this kid again. And I, I <laughs> yeah, thought that was It really seemed like funny. a very, like, half-assed joke or something. <laughs> I thought that I thought it that was, was funny. real bad. There's a lot of, but the, the boys had really cool backpacks. I, just they, to I thought bad. that too, actually. Really they, yeah, really interesting backpacks. No, yeah, so yeah, they chase him and he runs to the bookstore, which we we knew. Yeah, we nailed the bookstore, I think. Um, I did have a question. The, the guy, when you go <laughs> to the bookstore, I have a lot of questions. <laughs> there are, okay, there are a lot of plot holes, I feel like, in this film. I, a lot are of there? Things, either that or they just don't explain anything and I'm expected to have read the book or something. Yeah. But which it is based off of a yes. book. Yeah. It is. So like he runs into the bookstore, the old guy's reading neverending story and then gives it to the kid. So was this old guy just doing this it all- did he create it It was nothing? a setup maybe. Listen, he's mid story so He's mid story. The nothing that stuff's not being resolved in his storyline. Yeah, cuz like, he's is there also an in the story. The Fantasia that got destroyed cuz he's like, yeah, I'm done reading this. Here you go, kid. Or anybody who reads it reads a different story. Oh. Oh, I didn't even think about that. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. It's That's own, not so it's bad. It's your own personal version. I did like it. that the old bookstore guy was, like, complaining about millennials before it was cool. Because he gets in, he's like, ah, you kids in your bleep-bloop video games, read a thing with, let's call it a book. And the kid's like, I've read books. He's like, oh, you're right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I had a I had a huge problem with this kid's acting. <laughs> I Okay, I wrote down every scene that involves this kid. I wasn't sure if it was the scenes or his acting, but I'm pretty sure it was the acting. I was like, they all feel terrible and I don't want them. I'm going to jump right to the end because the the childlike empress's acting was amazing. She it made me sad. Yeah. Her acting was amazing in comparison to Bastion's acting. Oh. She was doing a lot of pleading. eyeball acting, mm-hmm. and it was too much. I did not like. Uh, yeah, I, I, I was pretty sure it was the kids' acting that turned me off. Of every scene that takes place in real life, I was like, get rid- I don't want this scene." He's here. honestly in the movie for like. 15 I minutes. thought Atreyu was good. I thought the Empress was very good. When the Childlike Empress breaks the fourth wall, it just like destroys oh, me every time I see it. That was She's good. pleading at you, the audience, to to save her. But yeah, totally agree. I did not like Bastion. Yeah, I did not like his acting. I didn't like the scenes he was in. He was not believable. I thought, like, I thought, like, maybe at the beginning I was like, oh, this kid's kind of good, and then he he delivered some very weird lines. I didn't write any of them specifically down. I but... felt like everything was overacted, it, almost. But like. I don't know. I want to say overacting means that at least he's like trying, but I felt like he was not. Even... So I watched the behind the scenes to this. Oh, so you were getting in depth on this forty-five minute documentary. And it's, and it's usually... <laughs> That's like longer than the movie. I know. <laughs> it, yeah, and it's it's such an intimate scene. It's basically just this one kid acting, and then like a crowd of. People making the film and the director like working with them like individually, so I just have to imagine like the pressure of this kid. I bet, yeah. I mean, all his scenes just, are solo, so I guess that would be tough. To like, yeah, and then they're get, <clears> they're getting exactly what they want out of the kid hmm. from you know, yeah. Well, I take what I feel want. like they probably did get exactly what they wanted out of Atreyu and the childlike empresses because their their acting was great. His was just a little bit weird. Yeah, I did read that apparently the Atreyu kid almost died in the swamp scene. Yes. Because his he leg got, got caught. He, he got or, caught with the wolf. The wolf jumped on him, and that's that's what was. Wrong. Oh, I read that no, like he almost lost an eye in that scene. But when the when they were doing the horse scene, I guess they had like an elevator that was lowering the horse, and he got stuck in it, and it pulled him under, and he like was he like genuinely almost drowned. yeah he he did actually dr- drown, and they. They brought him back to it, life. Or, yeah. this is what it says in IMDb. It's like, I so like, it's that's, st- it's hard to tell yeah, it's if that's nuts. true. So in the documentary, one day of shooting in the swamp costs one hundred twenty thousand dollars, and they shot there for four weeks. It's a lot of money. I, so, I, wow. I mean, I did read that this was a really expensive movie, yeah. and I believe it. So if they were shooting five days a week, it would have cost two point four million dollars just for the swamps, and that's in what nineteen eighty four 4 dollars? Yeah, yeah, nineteen eighty four. This was I think this said this movie was a hundred and like. Oh, this sounds wrong, but it was like 140 million dollars. That it's might the most that might be film like, in Germany at the time. Yeah, yeah I know it was really this is expensive. Like you just said, it's a German production. It's not from the U.S. Yeah, I had a. I'm going to go off into a tangent. Can I go more on the swamp scene? Can we sure. talk about it still? Sure, sure, sure. So when the the in the behind the scenes, the swamp, the horse definitely does not want to be in the swamp because it's a horse, and they had it had like fight its in- instinct to stay still in water while uh, the elevator lowered down. Yeah, and I had the, the most horrific thought. That horse had to have pooped in that swamp. Oh, probably. It had to have pooped and peed in that swamp, oh, and it and was like and the Trey worst was thing rolling around all in time. time. Yeah, I just, that whole scene I feel scene like in general, that scene disgusted. would have been miserable to shoot for Trey, because I mean... He's covered in mud the whole time. He's covered in mud the whole time. He falls in mud repeatedly. Every like, time they want to do a take, they, there's a video of them like putting, uh, washing him down and washing the horse. Oh, man. Cutting the horse's hair, cutting the swamp. What a out right. That would yeah, have been I, such a... The I, scene I, looked so hard to shoot. It was all in one set. Yeah. They must have had like the humane society or whatever on, on that set. I because... didn't look for the message at the end or something. I don't know if they were doing that in the eighties, but they were like the I don't movie know, Because farmers, I, yeah. I wrote down did the did the horse literally think it was about to die? Because yes. it looked afraid and I, I kind of didn't like that. The behind the scenes documentary, the horse is freaking that out. That scene is powerful, but I think that's also part of it, is that the horse is freaking out and the kids like crying. Yes. Here's the thing though. Everybody talks about a dying. You meet Atreyu two minutes before Artex? it dies. Artex. Artax, oh, Artex. Artex. Yeah. Artex. Yeah, yeah. You meet Artex two minutes before it dies. Oh, I don't think I, I don't think what maybe said was that I had a connection to Artex, then he dies. I think it was more that Atreyu sells that him and this horse have this relationship. Because yeah, in the movie, they're like, and they search for a couple weeks... And I'm like, that's all the really we got. With like, uh, clearly he's been riding this horse all over the place, so he's gonna be really sad when it's dead. There is one scene but, where Artax and him are by a river, and Artax is hungry and wakes him up, and it's really cute. Yeah, but it's like the only time we really. Yeah, there's not really a good Artex opportunity to, to bond with the horse, but I think Atreyu one. sells that scene, and yeah. you feel him losing someone that's his companion, not just like a tool that he rides. Around I would ag- I would agree. So the f- the first scene that you see in Fantasia is with like. This goblin creature, the rock creature, yep. uh, Deep Roy, who's playing... I don't know what. I forget it was... Character. But you're right. We did forget all about the things. troll guy and the bad creature. Yes. Yeah. So you meet those four characters first. That entire scene is overdone. Yes. Every yep. single That's, person... I have a note. Every I said, scene in this, this movie is overdubbed. I said, this ADR is very bad. <laughs> like, the acting was good, but it didn't match with the scenes no, number all. one, Deep Roy is, an, is Indian, and then... Yeah because of that I think they overdubbed the goblin guy the entire scene is overdubbed it's yeah it's, there's a weird thing where oh. this is a German movie yeah the entire movie is in English yeah. it doesn't really make sense they have they had the <laughs> idea of selling it to the UK and uh, Western audiences so that's why they chose English and they was oh. they, they knew they were gonna dub everything over again in different languages because they really wanted this I mean it was the biggest film that was going to come out of Germany they wanted to get my yeah. eyeballs on this possible you could see so. that but yeah that that scene, that scene, a little, like started me watching for their mouths, and the yeah, the ADR is very bad. You can see in the behind the and... scenes, you can hear Deep Roy's in, like, accent. He's Indian, I yeah. think. He has yeah. a very like thick Indian accent, and it's huh. just like, oh, may, maybe it would have worked if they had just <laughs> gone with it. But I'm trying to think, so we go and they they go to the Empress. They're on their way to the Ivory Tower because uh-huh. nothing's destroying everything. They all go, and there's the cool racing snail takes off, and everyone's surprised because it's a snail. Those and, people at, at, at the, the Ivory Tower. tower. There were some weird There ass were. Costumes. They were kind of cool. Some, I like the, the one that was just a head. Giant yeah, a giant, giant stone heads. head. And there's like a fish in the background. Yeah. yeah or like the, the forehead people. I thought it was funny that like they all went there specifically like everybody else did because they were scared. But then they didn't go in with everybody. They watched from like outside the windows and were like, we'll just hang out here. I'm like, so were you not invited? Like everyone in yeah, there not is sure. different. That, I thought that was a little odd too. <laughs> but we were um, wrong about something here uh the empress was sick yeah they said like they're yeah, all like oh he, the empress will fix it and the guy's really like sick. she's sick so she can't because nothing is it hurting her also you said that the guy with the multiple faces was in this film that's only in part two where they oh, see that guy was it? With the, like, uh, well they had faces. they had two of the people at the party were like they had they didn't flip faces but they had like four faces oh, around okay them. the flip face guys in the part yes two. yeah that's, that's right about. um and you're right i was thinking of the flip face guy but you're right we forgot about rockbiter's sweet ride Man, yeah, his, like, tricycle thing, yeah. <laughs> his big is wheel. Is that what it is? I thought it was, I thought he was just pushing, like... A motor uh, a or something? Yeah, I thought he was, like, pushing something. I couldn't tell no, that he was... No, it's like a big wheel. Uh, I could not but for get partners. that. <laughs> but yeah, so the Empress is dying. So, I, I also wrote this. I, I don't know if I missed it, because I just wasn't paying close enough attention, but we, we were confused about what Atreus' quest was. Yeah. And after they gave it to him, I was still confused about what his quest was. They're like you have to go on a quest to Treyu because she's I think sick his, I think even he was confused and then yeah, yep. he leaves and they're like they searched for a cure for weeks and I'm like oh so the quest is a search for a cure I don't remember them saying that when he's there I was very confused about why he left, but yeah, I guess they so were supposed to he just. He was find trying to cure. go to like the end of Fantasia. It, ultimately, they, didn't, they After, didn't like even three say. different things. It's not even that he's supposed to go somewhere. They just said go find the cure, and they don't tell him anything else. They say no advice. They say no weapons, and so, it seems like the most dangerous thing I was like, ever. It's a table no quest, but yeah. yeah, so that's why that he's like he like it seems like it's a Trey's initiative to go find the turtle because it's like the oldest, more, uh, wisest being. So he's like, oh well. I haven't found it anywhere else. I'll go ask this turtle, maybe he knows. But that was I, I think I that thought, might be my favorite effect in the we, film was that turtle. Oh, did we talk awesome. about the turtle in the original a, a little line? bit yeah yeah mm-hmm. okay definitely it's sneezing yep we talked about it sneezing. do you think turtles can sneeze i wrote that question down and i looked it up yes i'm sure they can, can i, can I a would turtle sneeze? i would think so i have to believe yeah, they, can. they can. they can all right it's an adorable i bet it's adorable <laughs> yeah. you can search youtube for turtle sneezing <laughs> and get the cutest video oh my god i'm gonna look that up now. of all time yeah so yeah i was just i again this is i felt like the plot was weak here because they just didn't explain enough to me as the audience member to understand what's going on they're like we need to try you and then they laugh at him because he's a kid and they're like go on this quest but they don't tell him what the quest is and then there's just a montage of him riding around for a while and then they're like a couple weeks later he still hasn't done anything i i would like to see the breakdown of the the budget to this movie because it's it's a really expensive movie but it's only 90 minutes there's very few there's there's actually like no famous actors in this movie like where did this all go to did it go to just like Props the and, effects, and yeah. the, I mean think the, the VFX, sets. like I said, the falcor they built was like a genuine like forty some foot long animatronic thing. Yeah, everything was practical other than the storm sequences. But there's a part where uh, Treyu is holding on a tree and he's like a completely horizontal. Yeah, they built a, a set that tilted. And they actually shot that. Oh, they man. bolted the cameras to the set, tilted the set, and I had actually, the uh, stunt double. I don't think I wrote it down, but cool. I remember in the, watching the scene being like, "This is like really good effects when the nothing was sucking up all the land and yeah, like good matte sequences. All the mat panels were awesome. Yeah, I mean, like I said, yeah, a lot I, of the I loved were really the cool. storm sequences. Like mm-hmm. when the storms were swirling around, yes. I was like, "This is really cool looking. Looked really good. Yeah, man, that was crazy. But yeah, we were so he goes." We, you mentioned in the first half about saving food. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was the first in real life scene where the kid's reading it and he's like, no,
1: I know, like, right And he, I thought, I was like, save this it out.
0: is a dumb scene. <laughs> I know. Oh. He's he's uh, paralleling what the was going through. I get that, but food. the way he just, he's going he looks the same so hard at the sandwich and we it away. He's just like, no not yet not yet like i can't I <laughs> was yeah like, i mean he ugh. like read the book he put it aside and was like was... whoa and then he took a bite and he's like whoa slow down on the eating there that son and then he re- read bad. the book again it was just a bad scene <laughs> He's gonna be there for a long time. He Some, was trying to. They also had like at, like school ends at the point where he like hits the the turtle. And I thought it was funny too because he comes down and pokes his head out. Everyone leaves like five minutes after the kids are out that door. The lights are off. Like yeah, that they're school like, Shut is it closed. He's gotta save budget. They, money. Yeah, maybe, <laughs> it's expensive to be running lights like, in that It's three o five. We need to be yeah. out of your buildings locked. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "What school closes like six minutes after the kids leave?" <laughs> <laughs> exactly, it was right when the doors shut, everything they, they turn it off. They're like, "Shut, shut down. it down." Uh, I, I did want to jump back to the the, the PB and J that he ate. Yes. I, I did write down kids' skills. Talk to PB and J about portion control. <laughs> The sentence doesn't really make sense. What, yeah, what, I think that's what pretty you, funny. Were you, what, was you about to go to bed, right? When you wrote that. <laughs> no, no yeah, the kid uh, talked to his sandwich about portion control. Very seriously, he's like, not all at once. <laughs> and yeah, that scene was so bad. I did not care for that. I thought, <laughs> now going back to Fantasia, awesome scenes. The scenes with the turtle that was so cool. The turtle was a really cool like yeah, he, animatronic face, and the voice paired really well with it. Uh, yeah, sneezing him out of the tree a bunch was all really cool. So all those scenes I really enjoyed. Yeah, they should have just mm. showed more more of that. I did think it was funny, though, when, yeah, the turtle's like, you have to find the oracle. It is 10,000 miles, miles away. away. I was like, that's literally, like, if that was here, that's, like, on the other side of the planet. That's what that means mm. <laughs> in terms of distance. In Morla's best quote, we don't even care whether or not we care. Yeah, yeah that's true. That well, I mean, the turtle the lives in the swamp of sadness. I'm sure it's depressed even, all the time. Yeah. It's probably a nihilist. You know how they get. <laughs> But, <laughs> swamp turtles, <laughs> yeah, they're all the same. Ugh, they just—you can't hold a conversation with them. The the two little people that are at the Southern Oracle also mm. reminded me a lot of the two, like Billy Crystal yes, and, uh, yeah, from Princess Bride. Princess Bride? I, yeah. I thought the exact it's, same it's thing. Like this, very much very like a Miracle Max and his wife kind of situation. Mm-hmm. They were very funny. But she's like, I'm taking care of him now. I didn't mention the first part, but as soon as I saw the scene, I remembered when she's like injecting Falcor with stuff. And I remember as a kid being like,
1: oh, God,
0: because they had <laughs> these needle. giant needles. Oh, yeah. Going back to like that Beethoven and the needle, <laughs> me afraid of needles. <laughs> near the end there, the whole Fantasia explodes into pieces. Yes. I don't remember... I, like, literally didn't remember that happening mm-hmm. when I had originally seen it. I remember it. them flying through and seeing chunks, because then they come upon the ivory tower just sitting on a chunk of land. And I remember that scene for sure. I thought that was a little... It was kind of goofy, but, I mean, it made... it. I feel like in the context of the world, I wasn't going to question it. Yeah. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Flying Although, around and like, Fantasia's gone. So then, at the end, when he... Uh, meet, when the boy who's reading the book has to give the Empress a name, his battle is literally just like not wanting to believe that this is yeah, reality. Yeah, kind of like, real. was not, yeah, refusing to not. believe that he could be in the book, essentially. Because he to, he he's, he's told ground, to believe that way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It didn't seem mm-hmm. like a big struggle to me. Yeah, I mean, I feel like he could have saved a lot more Fantasia just by playing along. Like, even if you don't believe. Yeah. It's like, if they're telling you to do this, what's the harm? (laughs) Right, right. Have some faith, kid. Yeah. Giving up uh, your whole reality just to live in this fantasy world. Uh, But I was saying, like, I did think, I I remember making a note about how meta the film was when the Empress was talking to Atreyu, because she's like, he's been with you this whole time watching your journey, and others have been watching his. And I was like, Where are the others? you <laughs> are doing it! That's so, so meta! <laughs> that was pretty funny. Um, Atreyu never rides the snail. That never happened. Oh, did we say that? We that said that oh, happened. Well, how dumb are we? I know. God. The Atreyus never get said by Bastion. The only time Atreyu hears Bastion is in the swamp with Morla. So, the consequences of a kid with wishes seems like it's always going to turn out bad. <laughs> this kid is going to use it for, like, a Twilight Zone episode. You oh know, boy! Yeah, this kid's first go-to <laughs> is go back to my planet a, and scare the bullies. My, yeah, yeah, my my, I wrote down. I was like, suddenly, I guess he gets wishes now, <laughs> and <laughs> that his first wish was what to to ride Falcor. It was. It, <laughs> I, I, it seemed like his wish to was to the Fantasia was back together again because he's flying with Falcor. But then number two on the list was I want Falcor to scare these bullies, and Falcor was uncomfortably enjoying that experience. Like he thought it was funny as hell to yeah. scare the crap out of those bullies. I can imagine Falcor being, like, a sex offender. <laughs> he, there <laughs> were some moments he... where he was flirting with the kids a little bit. Yeah, he comes <laughs> off like this I more... think he even says, I like children. He loves children. Have we been for infected dinner. by blank check to see this in every movie? <laughs> the giant flying dog and <laughs> also That be... inappropriate relationships with children. I So I absolutely I... love the final narration when they, <laughs> I... <laughs> when they were like... They showed the first two wishes and then he, they said, and then he wished for other stuff. <laughs> I, I wrote cheesy voiceover ending because, yeah, the line of, he went to have other adventures. But I'm not telling you about that. It was yeah, so. This, so this funny. is only the first half of the book. Oh, it's only like 189 pages yeah. of it. Um, and I, I have a big reveal. I read the book. Whoa! Did you I went, read it for this? Yes. I went above oh and beyond to read the book. Meant, you went full yeah. never ending story for this, yeah, Brad. I did. <laughs> They're called the Rock Chewers, not the Rock Biters. Oh, uh, that seems like the an movie will change, right? Yeah. Uh, the du- the dude who sends him Atreyu on the quest is a centaur man. Uh, All the effects they pulled out from this film, they didn't do the did centaur, centaur man? Atreyu's skin is green, and he's part of a tribe called the Greenskins. Yeah. I-, I did hear that they tried to make his skin green, but it looked really bad. I could see that. This was yeah. I feel like makeup at the time may not be up to full green body paint. Artax can talk. What? It's just a talking horse. They should have given that horse peanut butter. <laughs> Which, <laughs> yeah. Which you actually do, uh, it makes the swamp of sadness seem more sad actually, that because you he has a more connect much with more because you can you realize that like yeah, Artex is a. No, I'm just creature. Ma- I'm just imagining like Mr. Ed <laughs> like trying to deliver <laughs> the lines back to Atreyu. There's a scene after Atreyu meets Morla in the swamp where he goes to meet something called Gargmal the Many, which is just a, a a horde of like hornets that like cha- take to whatever form they want, and the hornets have Falcor captured. And the hornets have some sort of poison, and if you're injected with the poison, you get to wish, you get one wish, and as long as it's to be wherever you want to be. So, the Treyu gets bitten by the hornets, and Falcor also gets bitten by the hornets, and then they wish to go to the Southern Oracle, and they only have an hour to live. And that's why those two people heal him, and also why like, oh, Falkor's man. getting a shot in the movie. Which doesn't make any sense. Like, why would they want that piece of continuity? Because, yeah, in the movie, it's just, it's just sort up. of like Falcor's just getting a checkup by this apothecary that lives in the Yeah, I, I believe I read okay. that they couldn't shoot those sequences with the, the hornets. They it spent just, they spent all their budgets they spent on the all the other stuff. Yeah, I mean, all the effects in this. That probably that scene would have like doubled the budget for this film, I yeah, bet. So, I, I can understand. Bastion has to use the bathroom in the book. Which makes sense. That makes sense, yeah. And, and there's a whole, uh, you don't want to shoot that. <laughs> I was just saying, I was, I, you, know what, you know what creative change I'm not going to be upset with? Less, of ba- less bastion scenes. They were all terrible. But this just goes to show you, like, the whole point of him pooping in the book was to show you how this never really happens. Like, no one ever writes, oh, someone has to use the bathroom. It was, like, sort of a, a way for the author to be, people need to do everyday things in books, okay. I guess. Yeah, oh. I get that. That makes sense. The mirror gate, which we people for- <clears throat> forgot, yeah, we did, yeah, we, yeah, the second gate yeah. to the after the sphinxes, the whole. So there's a lot more explanation, obviously, because it's a book. But the mirror gate will show you your innermost nature. Yeah, they kind of explained it in the film, a but not bit. very well. It's, um, they explained it, show, but then nothing. they show it shows you your true self, and then it showed a Bastion. I was like, so he is Bastion. Because then they're like the Empress is like no Bastion's separate from you. I was like, but Bastion was a tree. It was true. Was like, this did <laughs> yeah, not work well. But that scene was actually really cool, and I the, the way that they held the shot with the snow was actually yeah. kind of awesome. Um, there are three gates, not just the two gates. The third gate is called the No Key Gate, and the only way to get through it is Brought to not no want to get through it. What? Yeah. So you get to a point in the, or Trey, you get to a point where he just like has to figure out how to get through a gate without. Wanting to get through a gate. Interesting. That's, huh. That's the whole point. The Southern Oracle is is a, just a voice in the book. It's not the not, two statues that I was like, I, I kind of felt like I was like, did they shoot the first, the for the gate sequence and we're like, well, we've got these Sphinx statues, let's just make them a different color and a little more lizard-like yeah, and then were... we'll do it again definitely the same thing <clears throat> the author um, actually hated those sphinxes he hated the bosoms on them they like weren't what you They you stacked. <laughs> he, he apparently <laughs> hated the movie yeah yeah but everything hits in the documentary about what stuff he hates and it's mostly just the art direction it's just not how he saw it in his mind the nothing kills the sphinxes and like destroys that part destroys the southern oracle they, yeah they kind of, i mean they didn't really explain it but they just sort of fell apart in the movie there are wing giants that are fighting and that's why corner tried to fall off of or a tree falls off so I think wing giants. Giant four giant wing giants are fighting each other. And uh um a tree lands in something called Spook City, which is that weird yeah. city we do see in the movie we, that comes out of place. And There's we mentioned like the, the, uh grounds. him seeing like the mural that depicts all the things that happened. And it is pretty cool when he sees the painting of like the wolf's head and then turns around and it's like, right there. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, this is one of my favorite parts in the book is when he meets the Gamork. The Gamork is a werewolf. He's human when he goes to Earth, and he's a he's a wolf when he goes to Fantasia. So he is actually going in between the the worlds at some point. What? And he has that oh. ability. Is that in NeverEnding Story 2? Oh no, he's dead that. after 1, I guess. he. The nothing takes you to the human world, so like that's what's happening to all of Fantasia as it's like slowly hmm. falling into the human world, and everything that goes into the human world turns into lies. So what? it's every time you have you tell somebody a lie or you're like mean to somebody, it's basically anytime something bad happens in our world, it destroys a piece of Fantasia. Good God, huh? So would you recommend the book? Yeah yeah <laughs> it, was, it seemed really good and the right. chapters were short. I will um, have to check it out. The Gamork hmm. says uh it turns you into lies you uh buy it whenever you buy things you don't need or hate things you know nothing about oh, that man. is that is part of the nothing winning America is destroying fantasia Uh-oh. because that's pretty much all we do. <laughs> hey, you said it, not me <laughs> and <that's> basically uh <laughs> the rest of the. Parts pretty faithful, but... I I did think that um, Anna Kendricks did a really good job playing Atreyu in this this movie. Nice. I I thought he, the guy who played Atreyu, did a good job. I liked Atreyu's acting. It was Bastion's acting I had a huge problem with. Yeah. I did not like. So that's, yeah, all the scenes in the real world. I I thought the attic scene was really cool as a set, um, and I enjoyed some of the parts they did, but I was confused by there being skulls in the background but then like there was like anatomy class was, like, skeleton, but then or they showed later on yeah. it was a full skeleton skeleton right red skeleton oh I did the wolf falling over was really scary too I forgot about that yeah the wolf said like <laughs> wolf said, it just right comes right, right out of the bastion uh, I had a question about when he goes through the sphinx the, the gate the okay. first gate and he, like he starts to doubt himself the eyes open up and then they shoot lasers but he's not dead did he just like beat the system or did they were they supposed to not hit him because huh. yeah in the movie like the knight goes in gets blasted by the lasers the tree goes in they try to blast him with lasers and i feel like he just jumps and i was like yeah, oh first knight could have just away. totally dodged those lasers i think that's just like a dumb action scene we're like oh we need to have a little more you know so I, was stakes like, to the scene, I was like did so he really actually pass the first gate or did he just luck past the first gate with yeah. that one yeah. That um, and Matt made that unclear. But in the book, it's very clear that they just let him through. Yeah. In general, I just felt like uh, there wasn't enough explanation in the movie about what was going on. So I didn't care enough about a lot of that stuff. I, like you said, I loved the effects. Really cool. Visually, this movie was great. And I enjoyed the acting from uh, the Empress and Treyu. And the like, creatures were cool. But overall, the plot did not hit me. I'm yeah. like, no, nope, this is I don't this story I do not care about. It was missing a lot of details. And I was actually really glad that I read the book. Because I got a lot more out of the movie. Because I kind of understood the stuff they didn't explain yeah, better. I, I like, think... oh, I know what the nothing is. I know what a Treyu's yeah. pl- plans are. I know what the Childlike Empress was trying to do by sending a Treyu on these quests. I know that... You know, I knew a lot of different things that just were not explained very well. Okay, yeah, yeah. and that makes more sense. I think I might I might go and try to read that book, because... And, and arguably, they could put that all in the book, and it would still be an hour and a half. They were just really slow in making this film. <laughs> yeah, for sure. They wasted a lot of time. There was a lot of sense. really weird, like, crossfades. And especially when, like, Trey was on Falcor for the first time. I was like, come on! Like, it was just, like, montage after montage of him just riding Falcor. And you yeah. can go to Germany right now. They have a Falcor. That you can sit on and ride, what? and they take a video of it, and that's something that still exists in the, uh... I feel like it's going to be in some really depressing, like, film. Archive. almost theme park. It looks... Everyone who's writing it looks very sad. <laughs> Is it in the Swamp of Sadness? So then, uh, the, the song, Neverending Story... Oh my gosh. Here, here we go. Here we go. It... Uh, I I kind of hate it. First of all, <laughs> so you missed out on the song? Yeah, it wasn't the version that I saw. I, th- I think I'd watch like the UK version or something. Yeah, it's it's sang by the lead singer of a of an '80s band called Kajagoogoo. <laughs> That's, I thought it came up as Lim Hall. Lim Hall? Yeah, that's that's band? his name. No, oh, okay. it's it's just the lead singer of that band. Oh, man, that's so 80s. <laughs> yeah, they're... Oh, God. Look up their song, Too Shy Shy. Hush, hush, oh, they did to Too Shy? They did Too Shy Shy, Oh hush, man. Hush, okay, That's like... what they're known for. They're, I think they're a one-hit wonder. <laughs> All right. Well, I mean, well, two two-hit Story wonder, this cracked song. the billboards. You think so? so? I think it, Yeah, I'm pretty well, sure in I Well... I don't even know if it was in the German version because it was added to the American. Oh yeah, universe. you're right. You're right. But so maybe like after the fact it came back? Around. So that's <coughs> that's who sang "Neverending Story." I, did it only play one or two I thought times? It was the be- well, he wouldn't know, but I, I think know. it was the beginning and the end. Oh yeah. Okay. And I was like, I, I, I didn't need this song that much. <laughs> In, Did, in, in the German version for the opening credits do they just play like industrial music instead <laughs> Rammstein plays at the beginning <laughs> of the movie it gives the movie a very different yeah. feel Hast is playing <laughs> <laughs> oh man that'd be I, I'd put that in there let's re-edit this film I, I would go back and watch it just for that <laughs> it makes the Falcor flying scenes a lot more oh man so metal <laughs> Um, that'd <laughs> be Pretty good Alright do you have Any uh, final thoughts To wrap this up, wrap uh, us up We already covered If it holds up So I don't really need to ask Yeah I wouldn't recommend yeah. it Dude, I would I'm recommend not, this movie I'm not gonna watch it again This uh, this was enough I didn't care for it The story was Vex were cool It's worth a watch The one time Just to see some Really cool effects From the 80s If, yeah. I, if I have kids one day I'm definitely gonna be Watching this film again But oof Cause I want them to see Cause this is the whole uh, uh, 80s like depressing Kids films right There's like yeah. a, a bunch of them yeah, That came out right. And this is one of them But this like this was the and first one that it of, exists. This is one of the first films we watched for this where I had to I like watched it in parts because I had to take breaks. I was like I'm I'm not into this film. I'm gonna go do something real quick and we'll come back to it. <laughs> so and I which usually is what Andy Moldy does, but <laughs> and I did it. <laughs> usually I have to watch a movie straight through and this one I was like, I can I can take some time. Alright, thanks for listening and join us next week and we're gonna talk about the cable guy. Please rate, like, and subscribe to us on iTunes. Find us on Twitter at what we remember, Instagram at what we remember and whatweremember.com. If you're from the Metro Detroit area and you would like to book us for a live podcast and a movie event, contact us at what we remember email at gmail.com and look at our website WhatWeRemember.com, for more details.